This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. About a year after I was invited onto the editorial board of the New York Daily News, my boss, Michael Goodwin, gathered us all together, and he said, we are going to win a Pulitzer. I had never in my entire life envisioned or imagined winning a Pulitzer Prize. It was never on my to-do list. It wasn't on my bucket list. Um, And as a journalist, I didn't even know that that was possible. But he sat down with us and he said, here is what we're going to do. And he proceeded to give us the blueprint. Over the next several months, we were going to do a series of editorials, 10 to 12. He had an exact number. And he said, they have to be perfect. They cannot have any typos, any spelling errors, any research errors. They have to be perfect. That means that everyone, and there were seven members on our editorial board, we all have to participate in making sure that each and every editorial that we do is perfect. He said, now, we also have to have a problem to solve because Pulitzers, and he did his research, Pulitzer Prizes are awarded to people that solve problems. I had no clue. I just thought that the the people on the Pulitzer Committee sat around and they read different papers. He said, nope, this is how this works. There's a committee. There's some politicking. So there's some people that we're going to have to take to lunch and woo. There's some backdoor things that happen. But more importantly, we have to solve a problem. So the first year, I was in charge of writing a series of editorials to um, challenge school governance in the state of New York. And at the time, the Board of Education was its own entity. But based on the series of editorials that we wrote, that I wrote in particular, um, the school governance went under the mayor. It didn't matter who the mayor was. It was just a change in governance. And I had to go up to Albany and Governor Pataki, who was the governor at the time, George Pataki, signed that into law. And we changed the law in the city of New York regarding the Board of Education. And that was as a result of my editorials. That year, we were runners up for the Pulitzer. And we came back to the drawing board. He said, okay, we were close. Okay, this year, this is what we're going to focus on. So it was the Apollo Theater. And it was a random day of of, uh, a tour that was in Harlem. And when he came back from the tour, he was like, we're going to do something to fix the world-famous Apollo Theater. Now, again, the vision of that met with the opportunity, right? So first came the vision. What was the goal? To win a Pulitzer Prize. Not an easy task. He had a blueprint. This is what we need to do. Now we just needed to have a, a problem to fix. The first time out, we didn't make it. The second time out, we did. And there's something to be said for that, too. And we see this all the time with the Oscars and the Emmys. You know, you'll see someone that was nominated one year, and then the next year they'll win. Or they've been nominated two or three times, and then they finally win. Um, that, that says something, too, especially when you have people who are voting on these things. They keep seeing you here, then they know that you're good. So eventually, you know, Denzel Washington wins an Oscar not for – uh, Malcolm X, which he should have, and not for a number of other roles that he should have won for. Uh, he wins it for Training Day, but those other roles put him in a position to win for Training Day. So what's your goal? Uh, the purpose of this podcast is 
you know, we've, we're doing a series right now, and I already talked about, you know, changing your morning routine and, and being more intentional about how you spend your first hours of the day. Uh, we're, we're focusing on reading. I just downloaded Ta-Nehisi Coates' new novel that Oprah just put on her book club uh, list, and I'm reading James Baldwin, The Fire, next time, and that's my morning reading now. But now I want to take it to the next level, and I'm asking and inviting you to, in to join me, okay? Do you have a goal that you want to reach? And between now and the end of next year, mine is to lose, I need to lose weight, right? And I also have another financial goal, okay? So say over the next five years, you want to be a millionaire. You want to have a million dollars, not net worth, because net worth is something different, but you want to see your bank account with seven zeros. What does that require, okay? Well, over the next five years, that's 60 months divided by one million, that's $16,666 a month. Now, if you only make $5,000 a month, you got more than $12,000 more a month to make. How are you going to do that? Okay, you've, sta you've started something. You have a goal. I want to see seven zeros in my bank account. So you know, just like we want to win a Pulitzer, this is your goal. How do you reach that goal? All right, well, let me break it down. I want to do this over the next five years. What is that going to require? Well, I need 16000 damn near $17,000 a month because I got to live. <laughs> I got to live, eat, and drink, sleep, whatever, pay my bills. I have to have $17,000, $18,000 a month. Where am I going to get that? Okay, I can uh, take another job. I can start a business. But this is the process that you have to go through because things don't just magically happen. I know a lot of people pray things into creation or they say you got to speak things into creation. Yes, you speak it out into the universe, what you intend to happen. But faith without deeds is foolish. So if you don't then have a blueprint, if you don't make it plain on paper, then it's not going to manifest. And some people get lucky, but you don't want to operate in luck. You want to operate in intention. You want to operate in intention because intention can be duplicated. Luck happens here or there, which is why people who hit the lottery oftentimes end up broke. Like for real, like that is a statistic that you can Google search because they didn't intend, they, they relied on luck. And luck is not something that you can sustain yourself with, okay? Say you want to lose 50 pounds. What's reasonable? Is it reasonable to lose two pounds a week? Let's say I need to lose 50 pounds. I'll lose a pound a week. That means within the year, I'm going to lose the 50 pounds. Now, some of you may think that's too long, but I think that's about right. And how much is a pound? A pound is 3,500 calories, right? So really simply, I got to lose a pound a week. Within seven days, I got to lose one pound. That means I have to somehow ship 3,500 calories from my body. Okay. Every day, I don't do this, uh, I usually get a chai latte, but that's about the same calories, all right? So I get a chai latte from Starbucks. I don't do it every day. But say you're listening right now and you get one of them caramel macchiatos from Starbucks every day. That's 250 calories every day. So that's 1,750 calories a week. Okay, so you've cut, if you stop drinking those lattes or macchiatos, you've cut 1,750 calories from your diet. Introducing the all-new and totally reimagined 2020 Ford Explorer. It's built for modern exploration, whether venturing across country or simply across town, over various terrains or through rough weather, it's all good. The Ford Explorer is specifically designed for comfort, confidence, and a whole lot of style. Ready to explore more? The 2020 Ford Explorer, the greatest exploration vehicle of all time. Built Ford Proud. Now you only need, you're halfway there. 
another 1,700 plus calories or less than 1,700 calories to get to your 3,500 to lose that pound a week. Okay, that means I can either cut something else out of my diet, but I don't want to because I like to eat, or I can do an extra mile on the bike or the treadmill every day and bingo, bango, 3,500 calories, one pound a week, and within a year, and I, and I imagine here's what's going to happen, right? You get down 15 pounds, it's going to get good to you. And you're going to start to make other adjustments. I'm going to start lifting weights because muscle burns more fat. Muscle burns more calories, excuse me. So the more muscle I build, the easier it's going to be to burn up these 3,500 calories. Maybe I can do the two pounds a week. You see what I'm saying? Or you may do something that most of us will do. At the 15-pound mark, say, I need to reward myself. So I'm going to go get another macchiato, and then you're back on that treadmill of uh, not the physical one but the the mental one of adding the extra calories that you you don't need my suggestion is you don't drink another macchiato or another latte until you've lost the 50 pounds I'm talking to myself right now Karen you don't deserve to have another chai latte until you have lost until you've reached your goal because a lot of us feel like at some point during the in the process of of trying to get to a place that we deserve a reward the reward comes when you've won. The reward comes when you have accomplished your goal. Let's finish what we started. Be intentional. Keep that goal at the forefront. So I was talking a couple of podcasts ago about waking up earlier. And initially, back in the day, I was like, oh, let's go to the gym. No, I'm going to read. I'm going to do these things, and I'll go to the gym later, right? But now it's just about, you know, read, write down what you've read, process what you've read, thought about it, go back and read again, think about think about what you read, go back, read again, and then spend the last portion of your morning, say you take an hour to read, think, write, read, meditate. Let that 15, 10, 15 minutes of meditation be a focus on the goal that you need to achieve and just pick one goal. You know, if you want to be rich, if, the, if your goal, rich is... is relative. But if you if your goal is to have seven zeros in your bank account and be a millionaire on not just on paper, but in your bank account, then meditate on that. What does that look like? What does it look like to get that seventeen thousand dollars in every month over the next five years? Or if you want to accelerate in twenty thousand dollars a month, what do I have to do to get twenty thousand dollars a month saved? And then how do I accelerate that? Well if I invest in mutual funds or stock or the stock market, how do I make my money work for me so that I don't have to work so hard to get to that twenty thousand dollar mark? Meditate on that. The answers will come. I know when you put a question out into the universe, it never returns void. So put those questions out as you meditate for those 10, 15 minutes. If the goal is to lose the weight, 50 pounds, maybe it's 100, 50 pounds. Imagine while you're meditating yourself 50 pounds lighter. What do you look like? Can you imagine yourself 50 pounds lighter? If you can't imagine yourself, you can't become it. You have to be able to see a thing to be a thing. In your mind's eye, you have to be able to process what you will look like. What will your clothes fit like? What would you like to wear? All of that has to be part of your meditation because if you meditate on a thing day and night, it will surely manifest. Now, some of us like to hang out on the weekend. That's our guilty pleasure. Well, while you're in this goal period, you may not be able to do that or you may have to do it differently, right? So if you your routine is the last you know, on Friday you hang out and get drinks with your buddies and y'all go out or you go to the movies and you get a big bo- thing of popcorn with the butter, 
Can you still enjoy the movie without the popcorn and the butter? Can you enjoy your friends without drinking? Now, this is going to become interesting. If the people you hang out with, who you should share, because I'd, I'd say don't share everything with your friends. Don't share, like, if you have an idea forming and it's not, you know, fully formed. But personal goals, like, I need to lose weight. Share that with your friends because now you'll start to be able to um, see who's really your friend. If you have people in your life that are encouraging you to break your goals, those aren't your friends. Those are people that have you around and they like you the way you are, not at your best, because you make them feel good about whatever it is they're, they're going through. And they, misery loves company. So they'd rather you be miserable than to see you at your best self and encourage you to be your best self. Now, if you're a friend that is discouraging your other friends from reaching their goals, you're horrible. But some of you have people in your life that aren't encouraging. They like you as long as you, they can have fun with you. But when you get serious about the things you want to do, and the question on the table is, can you have fun? Can you have fun not drinking? And if you can't have fun without drinking, then there's a whole other thing you might need to examine. But these are things that will come up as you start to eliminate things from your life to get to a place that you want to get to. Making money. Sometimes you have friends that like to shop with you or, or they encourage you to spend money. And your goal is to have those seven zeros in your bank account. You might need to cut those friends loose or put them in the acquaintance category when you'll come back to them after you've reached your goals. But I can't mess with you on, on this journey because I need to have complete support. We can't do this alone. And let me just say this, you know, we all need support. Um, I was talking on my radio show about accountability and, you know, with, with Jaquette Timmons, who's also on The Hub, and check out her podcast because it's dope. Jaquette Timmons, More Than Money. But we all need to have people in our lives that hold us accountable. And whether we call them accountability partners or whatever or just friends, we need to be able to have a, a community around accomplishing things because it makes it a lot easier. I have what I call a three-strand cord in my life, and that's biblical. You know, the Bible says, you know, one strand, two-strand cord. A three-strand cord cannot be broken. It's hard to break. And if you have two good Judys in your life, two good friends in your life that have you no matter what, it makes it easier to go through. And let me just say, you might falter during this process, but to have a support team of people who catch you when you do fall, and put you back upright and remind you of what the goal is and put you back on track can, is invaluable. And if you don't have those people in your life, go find them. Ask for it because that should be part of your meditation too. I need a couple of people in my life who are going to be supportive as I go along this journey uh, for whom I can do the same for when they need it and put that out into the universe as you do your meditation in the morning. And I think that that's the process for success. The goal for me doing this podcast every day is to challenge myself and those listening to be better. And if you aren't in a constant pursuit to be better, then you're standing still. And what's the purpose of living if you're not going to live your best life? So I hope you got something out of this. Let me know what you think. Um, follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter at K-A-R-E-N-H-U-N-T-E-R. -E Use the hashtag podcast. I'd love to hear what you think about this. And I'd love to see your progress, actually. If you're starting a business, you know, this is another thing, you know, as you meditate on that, have the blueprint beginning to end. What is it that you want to accomplish? How do you see this business five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now? I was talking on a radio show about Nintendo, 18 89 founded in 1889 as a game card like he, he had a card company playing card company 
Today, it is one of the largest gaming businesses ever. It's Japan's largest, most profitable gaming business, a business that was founded more than 100 years ago in the vision of somebody that probably, maybe he did imagine, couldn't imagine the technology that we have today, but he had enough foresight to have vision for his business. What's your vision for your business? You have to be able to visualize that. And I even like to reverse engineer. Like, what are the things that could go wrong? You know, what, what obstacles can get in my way? Okay, I want to do, let's say, a publishing house. What can, what can thwart the things that I want to do? Well, technology can happen. Okay, how do I utilize the technology to take my business to the next level? Or how do I navigate the ebook space, which came up when I started my publishing house, and now the audio book? What can I do to magnify what I'm doing to be profitable and never be irrelevant? Those things you have to be able to visualize as well as you put together your blueprint for your business troubleshoot every single step of the way and imagine things that could go wrong so that you can have solutions for them before they even happen. That's success. That's what that looks like. And I want everyone listening to my voice to be successful because uh, that makes the world a better place to be in. Don't you think? Share this with as many people as possible and let me know what you think. Again, follow me on Twitter. Till next time.